Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I almost said the Fighting Cock podcast again. I've done that a few times. Um, and it might as well be the Fighting Cock podcast because in this preseason, I've gotten on basically all of them. Um, quite a few. Well, the big hitters so far anyway. My my main dogs from back in the day. The ones that matter. That's it. That's it, Rick. uh, Ricky. Ricky, I think we've probably gone over this before, but I've literally been talking to you since I was about 14 years old. You know, Yeah, it's funny, internet. isn't it? It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's weird, but like my my kids always ask me how I met. Like, sure, if if my girls see me speaking on the phone, or what's happening? Oh, who are you speaking to? Oh, Jack. How did you meet Jack? And then it's just this. Oh, uh, I met him on the internet, <laughs> hanging around on football forums. <laughs> what's that picture he sent you, Dad? Don't look at that one. Um, oh dear me how are you doing though rick good to good to, good to hear your voice mate it's, it's it's always a pleasure yeah i feel like i haven't really like when it becomes summertime and you've been podding um every week i kind of get to that point where it's like i, I don't want to think about it over the summer i, I don't really want to do anything anything football related i don't want to hear about tottenham I don't really want to hear about transfers. I don't, you know, I just want to complete disconnect. But um, this summer's been a bit different. I mean, I haven't been doing as many pods. Uh, I've done more than I usually would, but um, I'm excited about I'm excited about the forthcoming season. So it is I have exciting, been, isn't it? Yeah, and there's some players there as well that I'm just kind of like, okay, okay, like <laughs> let's let, let, let's go, let's. Let's see what this is about then. Who, who uh, in particular? Who, just, just, just you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna delve into this a bit more later on. But I'm just, just off the, off the top of your. I've list. really got, um, I've really got a boner for Perisic. Yeah, man. Yeah. Just the way he twists and turns and is good with his left, good with his right, um, his experience know how winning titles like uh, he's and he's a, a legend for croatia um he is just you know i I really don't worry about this age thing at all nah. not in the slightest look uh, at him man I, he's like he's fit as a butcher's dog as they say yeah exactly exactly that so i'm really looking forward uh to him i'm looking forward 
to uh, Basuma as well to see what he is going to bring to our uh, midfield. Now, I think... So he's been playing incredibly well for Brighton. Uh, he's the type of uh, player that Conte likes as well. Um, but we've kind of got four similar-ish players in that central midfield position. Now, when I say similar, I know there will be people out there will, that will say, but Skip's a bit more this and, you know, Bentancur does this more. But they are very, you know, th- th- there isn't something that particularly stands out for me of that's one of them re- like really excels in. So, but when I did see Basuma against Rangers, I was really impressed because... I just felt he was a bit more direct than the other two. Um, and it was just like he he wasn't dwelling on the ball and he was just he was just moving it very quickly um and still getting into tackles and still pushing forward. So I'm I'm looking forward to see where he blossoms into. Um he's gonna be, exactly, I think he's gonna be absolutely quality, mate. Right. Yeah, I, I no, I, I think so too. Um I, like there is no f- for me, there's no. I, I don't want to disrespect um, Hoybier or Ben Tanker, but um, there are times, and especially against uh, in the Rangers game um, and last season against Norwich, where I felt they were afforded more time on the ball um, by the opposition because they kind of knew that they weren't going to hurt them. Like um, <laughs> they were just allow to maraud kind of forward or get into those positions and like Hubia did against Rangers and if you know he fluffed his lines and didn't didn't score which I, I would have expected him to at least hit the target Bentancur has been a bit um from memory no goals uh assists either um so I'd like those numbers and goals and assists to be um to be to be a bit more up there really uh, and I think Basuma probably will bring that to the table. Um, so it's going to be like, obviously one of them is going to have to miss out. I can't see all three of them um, sitting in there. But um, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's like the type of, uh, what, the type of player Conte likes to play in that position and how many games we're going to be playing. We do need um four players that that play there because oh, we're going to play about a thousand games next season aren't we so exactly exactly that it. look you've uh you've you've mentioned Glasgow quite a few times already now the game against rangers you yeah. actually you went up there didn't you Rick? i yeah. did mate yeah did, it how, was... how, how did you get up there uh flew did you fly i did oh mate i, I thought you were gonna get like a nice train I, like the thought of going up to to glasgow on the train i thought well, that'd be quite nice. Look out the window, have a few tinnies on the on the train. Do you know what I mean? Like you weren't you weren't fancying that. No, well, I'm <laughs> I have to be careful what I say here. Um, but uh, I flew up there and looking for, uh, shall we just say, um, easier on the pocket than um, the trains, and I will leave it at there. Um, I think there was quite a few people that did decide to get the train on the morning of the game and they ran into difficulties 
and there was other people that I met up there that left the game on 70 minutes to get their train back home. So, um, yeah, no, I flew up there. It was my dad's 70th birthday at the beginning of July. And for his um, present, I got us um, flights, hotel tickets to, uh, to the Rangers game and obviously played for like dinners and stuff like that while we were up there. So that was, um, it was fucking brilliant, mate. It was absolutely brilliant from, you know, from the beginning to the end. Uh, I was um, a bit starstruck on on my flight, like sitting across from me uh, was Ali Gold. I was like, oh shit. Did you get him to sign anything? I was going to get him to sign something for a bit of of laughter. (laughs) And he was on my flight on the way home on the Sunday as well. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was gonna get, I was gonna get out of kind of a, a, the program and say, excuse me, do you, do you mind if you, he should, you mean, sign this? Do you think he's been on the scene five minutes, mate? You're you're Ricky from the fight. He should be coming asking you for an autograph. To be <laughs> do you know what I, mean? I paved the way for you, Gold. <laughs> Celebrity Spurs fans, mate. You don't know you're fucking born. <laughs> he wouldn't have a fucking clue who I was. But um, yeah, it was re- really good. And then uh, went into the boozers. Uh, before the game there how, how was... was it mate because i saw you know i texted you like stay safe up there mate i'm seeing quite a lot of aggro on twitter like seeing all these sort of scenes of like lads all running up and down roads and chairs flying about and yeah, stuff like it, that yeah yeah it was pretty much like that i mean luck fortunate for me uh i i didn't see any of that and i one would assume that there was kind of some pre-arranged um shall we say sports activities <laughs> extracurricular <laughs> yeah, extracurricular um there was a uh, glasgow spurs drink in a, a pub i can't remember the name of it they they drink there all the time and that's where i was heading and as soon as i got there um and i got there about like 12 o'clock it was fucking ramoed and there was no chance uh, of getting a beer so um i walked over to uh, another boozer called uh called the crystal palace i think it was a weatherspoons got in there full of spurs but um it, it felt very much like wall to wall of like proper hardcore tottenham like if i looked at someone with the wrong look i'd be crumpled like a coke can <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> it was fucking like my ass was going and i was a bit anxiety ridden and just kind of uh stayed in the corner and chatted with my dad and uh, just kind of was just watching everything unfold. But as you said, I think it was like for the first time in 24 years, um, there was a home game of Celtic Rangers. I, th- I think that was it. But also, um, I think uh, Partick Thistle as well were playing at home. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're, they're, they're a Glasgow team. So three Glasgow teams playing at home. At the same time, then obviously Tottenham was in town. But I'd also heard on the grapevine that uh, because West Ham had played Rangers maybe in a pre-season, I think it was on the Thursday, that some um, lads had stayed over until the weekend, till Tottenham arrived, shall we say. Um, And then I've also heard as well that Chelsea were, because Chelsea and Rangers have a close kind of club partnership um so i heard that chelsea fans were uh, up there with rangers 
um, at the weekend as well as West Ham boys. It's just like the Queen Shaggers Alliance, isn't it? Really, those two. Like, just... yeah, I do, I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. Like in the ground as well, there was uh, Rangers. I don't know if it was Rangers or Chelsea lads, but they had massive banners like uh, with uh, Chelsea boys, we are here, and uh, Pride of London, like all, all shit like that. It's like I would never like pair up with another footy team in for like for, for Tottenham like I, just, I think I'm, it's just it's all like like I say it's I sort of say it flippantly but it does seem to be I think it's like the values of the club I think it's the fact they both wear blue do you know what I mean I, I think it's yeah. just like it's as base as that really it's uh I do think with a lot of the London clubs it is like the the uh London Alliance like everyone against Tottenham like, it's pathetic though isn't it like it really is you know one over on like us. it was a fucking Europa League final between Arsenal and Chelsea and they're out there all singing Kumbaya and songs about Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, we're just, we're massive, mate. Every, we're, we're so rattled by everybody. Uh, well, the other way around, everyone's, well, I mean, we are so rattled by everybody, to be fair. But, <laughs> but everybody's so rattled by Tottenham. Everyone, Villa, Wolves, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham. Leicester. All of them. Southampton, Southampton, yeah, Southampton despises because we signed Dean Richards like, like a million years ago. What have we ever done to to these other clubs? Why why do they hate us so much? But I do love it as well. I do love it. It's kind of like um, that everyone pans us for being. Oh, you think you're a big club? You've won nothing and all that. Lot yet everyone hates you. Mate, the day the day we win the league, honestly, the day we do it, if we do it. We, we as a fan base, have every right to be detestable. Yeah. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, utterly yeah. detestable. Oh, I will be. Oh, come on. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be it's gonna be something else. But, um, yeah, I mean, were you... Because, uh, you know, even, yeah, I know it's pre-season friendly and all that. But at the same time, you know, a lot of these lads wait for, for any opportunity to kind of whatever... Yeah, uh, test out their skills, shall we say, against uh, <laughs> against other teams that they know might res- you know respond in kind. And yeah, Tottenham have got a bit of a rep. I think I think we're a bit of a club on the you know yeah we're, up, we're not Millwall or West Ham or something. But uh, you know, oh I no, I think Tottenham are Tottenham are highly rated, really yeah. rated. You know, and and so I think like a club like Rangers that you know we saw what they did to Manchester a few years back, like yep. they. Uh, they love it, don't they? Basically, they love a good old like punch up, and they, uh, yeah, they do. And I think as well, uh, you know, I think there's there's a relationship between Tottenham and Aberdeen. So I think there was a there was a few boys from uh, Aberdeen. The one Dons. yeah, exactly. So I think everyone was just well up for it. The, the weird thing that I when I was up there is. Um, like everyone's been saying about you know Celtic Rangers first time at Ironman twenty four years whatever. Um, I probably saw three or four Celtic fans the whole weekend I was there. Really? Every single person was Rangers. Everyone. Now, I don't know whether that's because I was staying in central Glasgow and going downtown and going to, you know, Ibrox and obviously just seeing Rangers fans and maybe because Celtic is a little bit on the edge of Glasgow and and they just tend to stick to they're drinking the holes there but yeah i really didn't see any um any celtic fans at all you'd Fucking imagine the old bill were like right on top of it do you know what i mean like in terms of yeah i mean i saw a couple in the morning and they must have been heading out to to watch the celtic game but 
I would have thought I would have seen more in like after the games have finished, like traveling into central uh, Glasgow and then just seeing whoever's up for a rock or whatever. But yeah, I didn't see didn't see any Celtic fans whatsoever. So are you saying then that the old firm beef is a myth, Ricky? Is that, is that what you're on record as saying now? I'm not saying it's a myth, but I'm saying that on first on first look, the um, the city is owned by Rangers. Oh. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna be getting things through the door, mate. Oh. <laughs> I didn't just I just didn't see any. Just didn't see any. I can only I can only tell you what I um what I saw, mate. But yeah, it's um it is that. Have you? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to ibrox or, or no of the state no i've never been to i've only been to edinburgh i'd love to i really do you know what i want to do a lot of scotland i want to go i want to go and do all the highlands and all that and drink oh mate i'd love to yeah yeah, like, yeah it looks like a dream world doesn't it yeah i, I mean ibrox it, it's like that old style traditional stadium that red brick mm. like villa um beautiful stadium really really nice it feel um, massive because i mean it's by today's standards it's not that big as i think it's about 50 thou but does it yeah. feel massive though yeah it does it do, it does fit it does feel big um and when it's really weird like when the game was about to begin i know it's cheesy but the like they had a version of some song that was a bit like techno happy house fast paced but they were all singing along to it. Like, they all knew the words and they were all singing along to it. And it was just, uh, you could you can feel how fucking loud it was. Um, and then when the team ran out, again, Cheesy, Simply the Best, ran, ran out. Uh, but they're it's, all It's so they're funny hearing it. that, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I've seen videos of that online, like these sort of, you know, portly kind of Glaswegian skinheads. You're simply <laughs> the best. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. bellowing out around the ground. And it kind of it had it like um because you know Newcastle run out to that same song as well. I can't remember what it is, but it was used for the, a coffee advert, Maxwell House, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and they always run out to that, and uh, and so Rangers run out run out to this. But oh, but the like the the club seemed very similar because a lot of the uh, fan base was every single age range going from like dads taking their four uh wee burns along with them and or a really really old people um it was just a massive massive range it's kind of like it's everything to them like it's their it's their their church and i know it is like that for for any football fan but it just felt like very um if you support Rangers, you're at that you're at that game. You're at the game all the time. So and and then obviously when um when the game kicked off, that they they were loud. Then it started to kind of uh, the atmosphere kind of didn't drop off, but it was um it, it wasn't as loud. But then they scored again. Oh, sorry, they they scored the first time and it was fucking well loud really? <laughs> when they scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, wow, like that that is loud. They they have this um. Like it must be the ultra section, and it was to our right, and um, constantly throughout the games, they got the big fans uh, flags going. They've got a drum that is kind of uh, pushing every song that they have, 
but they also have a megaphone, and I don't know how I felt about the megaphone. Like, you mm. know, when you can hear... It's a bit American, that, isn't it? Sorry to the American listeners, but, you know, it's we all have our, our respective fan cultures, and that, that, that doesn't feel very... Yeah, it's a very... Um, it feels to me it's a um, kind of a German-type vibe. We with don't, the, with we the don't megaphone. want that over here, do we, mate? None of that. Oh, God, no. God, no. Jesus. <laughs> we, did, we didn't do them over twice for their uh, football cultures to come over here. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I suppose it's in Scotland, so they can they can, they can do it. But, uh, but I'm, yeah, looking, the... I'm looking at your pictures now, by the way, on Instagram. Lots, uh, okay. Lots of stickers. Yeah, stickers. Uh, the, I mean, Rangers, their um, nickname, Union Bears. Um, I I don't know where any of that comes from and, and why, but you just see UB or Union Bears all over the gaff. Um, but yeah, they're yeah like Rangers are a proper club, man. Like proper proper club. Mad respect for them. Love the stadium. Um, lo- love the atmosphere. Flags, drum, brilliant. Megaphone, may- maybe not. But um, the like the the people that I did meet, the like Rangers fans and stuff like that, they were they were really nice, really really accommodating and chatting. Um, and they were showing like a lot of respect to Tottenham as well. When I was there, I don't know if because I haven't seen anything about about the game um, or or straight after it. But um, when Son and Kane got subbed off. The, like the Rangers fans were applauding both of them, which I thought was a bit of a class act. They, you know, didn't have to, but um, I think they kind of appreciated what type of players they were watching. You know, that these guys are world class players, um, and it's a privilege to go and watch people like those. So, I think they were, um, they were kind of, uh, yeah, appreciative of it. It's a, uh, it's, it's. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? It's kind of a, in a in a real sense, it is quite sort of a sad, really seeing what sort of happened to Celtic and Rangers because I reckon like when we were growing up, those sort of top two teams would have still been uh, one of the better Premier League teams, right? But yeah, since like kind of money in the Premier League has just gone on to another level now, the TV deals and all this sort of thing. I mean, like. Yeah, I'm sure, right, if they were playing in the Premier League week in, week out, whatever, the the money would go their way. They're two huge clubs with big fan bases. But I even sort of wonder on that level anymore, like, do those two really have massive international fan bases, even compared to a team like Tottenham? I highly doubt it. You know, I just, I don't think the exposure that the SPL gets or either of those clubs get, they're always going to have a hardcore support in Glasgow, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland and the mm. sort of surrounding areas, but they're sort of like, they're kind of like relics in a way, you know, because I would, you know, in, in a real competitive game, I'm sure they'd be fucking up for it. If you drew like Celtic or Rangers in Europe, you can have a, you can have a game on your hands. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, still, when you look at them now, you kind of think, you know, they're a bottom half Premier League team, if not a top half championship side nowadays, which is, it's kind of mad in a way, really. Like I say, you know, because these were they were they were such monsters. Do you know they, what I mean? Yeah, like they, when they when we were to, growing up, like they were huge. They used to drop money as well, didn't they? Yeah. Like on, on on players, no no problem. Um, and I think like you like you're saying about the fan base that um and coverage of the SPL, I like 
obviously the the uh, Glasgow derbies are covered well. Uh, maybe the maybe the Edinburgh derby as well. Um, and I think people know that um, it is a very fierce uh, derby between those two, and you know it, it has a religious kind of um, things to it. That's that's why it gets quite a lot of uh, eyes on it, shall we say? But um, yeah, I think if there was um, if there was a vote. Would you vote to have Celtic and Rangers join the Premier League? It's funny, isn't it? Because like, I don't really see. I've I've listened to a lot about this sort of stuff before in the past, and the funny thing is, a lot of the other clubs are sort of torn as to whether or not losing Rangers and Celtic would be gutting for the SPL or whether or not it would like breathe new life into it, make it a more attractive kind of competition once again, with lots of different teams that were available to kind of potentially win the league. It'd just be more competitive. You know, it might be a bit more of a kind of, it's still, it's still always going to be a minor league, but it's still, it might just be a bit more kind of competitive and interesting to neutrals. But then a lot of other people also say, but that's just nonsense because Rangers and Celtic are both huge and they're important to the team. So I think the the problem is you can't really bring just those two in and leave the other clubs asunder kind of thing. So it would have to be a kind of a wholesale like merging of the leagues, I'd imagine. I mean, Oh, I'd, really? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like a, an expert in all this stuff, obviously. Like I just chat on a podcast at the end of the day, but I still feel that like, that's the sort of the way you'd have to take it. And I know people will say, oh, what about Cardiff and Swansea? But that happened like in antiquity. Do you know what I mean? That happened so long ago before football was kind of modernised and everything like that. So, yeah, I don't know how you'd go about doing it. And I guess like in terms of the the air miles and stuff, it's still still quite a lump up there, isn't it? For fans, for yeah, other clubs it, and stuff to get up there. It is, but I mean, like, fucking Newcastle and Sunderland is an absolute schlep going up there. Yeah. Um, I, but for, for me personally, I would, I would welcome them with open arms. Really? Yeah, because they're, I mean, like, the institution Celtic Rangers, they're fucking enormous clubs. Yeah, they are. For, for, and, like, when, uh, when I look for teams that are, that are being promoted to the Premier League, like I'm sick of fucking Reading. No disrespect, Reading, but like, just bore off. Like, I mean, Bournemouth as well. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, if and then when when I see Leeds are coming up, Forest are coming up. That's quality, isn't it? I like. You're like, it. come on, man. This yeah. is, you know, you're going to go to the ground, and it's going to be a bit lively. Atmosphere is going to be great. Um, that's what you go to football for. Um, and when like Celtic roll into town, Rangers roll into town, um, or you go up there, it's you you make a weekend of it, and it's um, it's going to be lively, and it's good fun, man. It's it is really good fun. So I would definitely, but I get what you're saying with if you take the if you take the two headline acts away, then what is the SPL left with? Maybe like I mean, when was the last time anyone won? 
the league up there. A, lo- that a long wasn't time ago. Celtic and Rangers. It must get fucking boring. I think, man. was it maybe Hearts? Let's have a look. SP, I want to find out. I think I'm going to guess it was either Hearts. It can't have been Alex Ferguson, right? Of Aberdeen back in the 80s. Maybe it was. I don't know. SPL winners. Let's have a look. This is Scottish football champions. So, right. So it's been basically Celtic all the way back to 2013. Rangers won it in 2021. Um, going back, going back. Jesus, man. Yep, going in. Yep, it was it was Aberdeen in the 80s. Fucking hell, that's a joke. I mean, that is mad. That is actually mad. Come on, you can't like you can't go on like that. Well, Not- obviously, yeah, it can. It can. Aberdeen in the eighties, fuck. So that's like you know, we're talking near on forty years. Yeah, before before I was even born, like nineteen eighty four to nineteen the eighty four eighty five season, Aberdeen won. That is fucking silly, and I bet even before Aberdeen, when Aberdeen did their bit, before that was probably Celtic and Rangers again. Oh it? yeah, it was also it was. Let's have a look. You had Aberdeen do it in 84-85, Aberdeen again. And then funnily enough, you had Dundee United win it in 1982. Oh, shit. Then basically Celtic again, Celtic, Aberdeen in the 70s, but back to Celtic Rangers, Celtic Rangers. Then you've got these random little bits, 1964-65, Kilmarnock won it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And then when did Hart Hearts won it in 1959 night to 1960 it's See, just it's mad it is mad isn't it and if if you do have more sort of teams winning league titles and that sort of thing that's champions league money it's not going to disappear they're not going to lose their champions league places you know right no there's something to be something to be said for that something to be said um going on to the actual the tottenham game itself i mean i i you know i, I don't really i don't really sort of want to analyze all these preseason games i've i've personally i've quite liked seeing us play Games that got a bit of needle in them, you know, like Sevilla. We've got a Rangers who are sort of well, they've got their Champions League qualifier coming up. I think this SPL starts this week, does it? I think it starts this weekend. Fuck, um, really? Does it? I think so. Um, so they yes. they're match ready, you know. We're playing Roma, which we'll talk about in a bit. But are you sort of liking seeing Tottenham play these more kind of pressured games? Do you think it's deliberate? Yeah, I mean, do you know, I, to begin with, I didn't think it was deliberate. I just thought it was, oh, we're going to be on tour. Like, who's available around here? Oh, we know Seville are going to be playing in and around uh, South Korea or, or whatever. So we'll, we'll just fix it up. But now, now, not now you've mentioned it, I have thought of this previously, that maybe we are playing against teams with a bit of needle to sort out our mentality to get us match ready to get us in that zone as to say let's pick up the let's let's gain momentum of this never say die attitude this kind of you know 10 toes in in every tackle (laughs) you want to win everything it doesn't matter whether it's a friendly or whether it's fucking i don't know the last game in the premier league you need to be present you need to be focused you need to want it every step of the way and and this could you know sorts the uh the men from the boys really like some people might not want to get involved it's it's a friendly let's play at 70 percent and 
pull out of tackles because I don't want to get injured because I want to play in the World Cup coming up and all this stuff. It's all going to be going through their heads and I don't want to do that sprint to full capacity because I might do my hammy and whatever it might be. But I don't think I um, I don't think um, Conte um, wants that. I think he he's gonna be like when you when you step onto that pitch when you cross the line for me you fucking you need to give blood and whether it's a friendly or not you do it and it's and it sorts sorts kind of who he can rely on who he can trust as he says um, so I think now I think it has been deliberate which is. Which is great. It is great. It's what exactly what you kind of want to see. And even if it wasn't organised like this, I'm going to pretend it was because it makes me feel good. But I, I think it must be, mate, because like you touched on there, like Conte, he's a pragmatic man. You know, he's he's just he's got his head screwed on, right? He's there's no the thing is, right? I was talking to sort of to Spooky about this before. The thing is that. Yeah, I fell in love with Pochettino because he he was pragmatic. It wasn't all like it wasn't all hearts and minds. It wasn't all Friday night lights. Like Pochettino, like he made us a more serious outfit, and I think people forget that a little bit. People forget the kind of the fitness levels that came in under Pochettino, the way he drilled the players. You know, it it was serious. We were a serious outfit, but it was it, it was that tight knit unit that we had, and I just I think that like. There was still, though, an element under Poch sometimes when we sort of we we always sort of scoffed off the whole kind of like he doesn't have a plan B stuff, and it probably was a little bit binary. But I think we all knew it was true to an extent that you know Poch's thing was always like, look, if if the plan doesn't work, ultimately kind of dig deep, give it your all, give it the cojones, all that type of stuff. You know, the kind of the big mm. beat in his chest and hugging Jesus and crying after the Ajax game and you know it was it was so much heart and so much kind of belief there you know the fellow was talking about like you know lemons charging the positive atmosphere in his office and stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah. like there was there's a, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like a lot of Pochettino stuff was grounded in realism but a lot of it also was grounded in that kind of you know that's just that sort of South American magical realism kind of passion and hearts and stuff which which I loved about him. I adored that. You know, I saw a lot, you know, it's, it's just, it was very close to, to me. Like, you know, I saw kind of that kind of like, you know, he can be rational, he can be pragmatic, but sometimes like the heart just takes over kind of thing. I find it harder to bond with Conte because I just, I don't, yeah, he does. He get, he gets into it. Like he, he pumps his arms and stuff on the sidelines. But the thing about Conte is he's ruthless, you know, like Poch, for all for all, for all his sins, you know, we know he kept players on that probably sometimes were some of his favourites. He probably wasn't as ruthless with some of them as he could have been, and yeah, we kind of partly loved that about him. But we're also coming to appreciate with somebody like you know, everyone's a bit sad. Whether you rated him as a player or not, I think a lot of people are quite sad about like Reggie on like you know how he's kind of just seemingly just been jettisoned from the side, never to be seen again. Mm. Oh, he's a nice lad. You know, he's took him time to settle. He might do all right. And I think Conte's just taking a look at him and be like, not good enough. <laughs> Done. You know? And he's just, he's a bit more like that. But at the same time, you're like... He's harsh, man, isn't it? <laughs> but you look, but then look at that. Look how, like, 
brilliant for all that like I was saying all the magic the passion the, the drama of Tottenham in 16-17 last season at White Hart Lane we were we were honestly I don't give a fuck what United or Arsenal or any of that lot say we were one of the best teams in Europe at that yeah. point we were we were up there with any of them Madrid, yeah. Barcelona anyone we were one of the best fucking teams in Europe we couldn't get it over the line because you had Antonio Conte's ruthless grinding Chelsea side there that just were fucking serious they were like professional like Vorsprundersch technique you know just like <laughs> to a micro level and I see that happen look at the tail end of last season mate all, all out oh, are we gonna do oh I don't know Arsenal you know we might lose our asses to Arsenal we always lose oh we're gonna lose to Norwich oh it doesn't happen it didn't happen Every single one of those games was so un-Tottenham in such a bizarre way. Did you feel it? Did you did you feel that Tottenham were going to let it slip? That we were going to um, ultimately fuck it up in some fashion? Yeah, I absolutely did. And seeing how they've approached it now, I'm like, you know what? This is serious. This project is serious. We've added some serious players. Again, I... People losing their asses. Spurs fans always stuff losing their asses about this window already. We've signed some fucking blinding players in this window. And we signed some blinding players in Kulisevsky and Bentancourt just before that. And just before that, we signed Romero, who's one of the best defenders in probably Europe now. Like, yeah. People just need to give their heads a wobble and have a look at this. Like, you know, we've, got, we've, we've literally got Kane and Son, like the most historic Premier League duo now in terms of like return, yeah. In our team now, at their at their peak, at the, at like their very prime, we're a good side, man. And we've got we've got like I said, we've got this manager that isn't sentimental, isn't going to be crying after games. And I'm not like I love Pochettino. I'm not digging him out for that. But what I'm saying is, is Conte is not that type of bloke. We're not going into this being like, oh, you know, maybe we're going to lose to Southampton. He ain't going to let that happen. And that that to me that's the confidence that he's given me as somebody that is like a, is prone to always thinking of the worst case scenario, but just in my in my heart in my heart my head everything, I don't feel that same fear anymore. I really honestly think we're a serious proper team, mate, and I I really feel we're making a fist of it this year. We can we can be up there with City and Liverpool. I really honestly truly believe. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, it do, it does feel that way, and I and I and I do share that that confidence as well. Um, 
it's yeah they 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 are completely well not completely different but they are very much different managers and and I totally get that it's it just feels like Conte has that bit more in the experience department uh, and won't let himself get carried away maybe he has he's been where Pochettino has been previously and learnt those lessons not to kind of let your heart rule your head and like like with Reggie like he said at the moment he does seem very popular within the squad he seems like a lovely guy um and I would have thought that he has the you know the kind of uh, the t- the talent where Conte can work with him and be like I'll, I'll make you into the wing back that that I want you to be but it's it kind of like feels like either he it's it, it would take too much time and he's got too much um, picked up too many bad habits within his game or something like that that Conte doesn't want to work with it or it could possibly be something within the contract where we sign from Real Madrid. If he plays X amount of games, then blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I, I've got no idea. So it might have been a question to Conte as to say, do you want us to pay X amount after this loan? Or um, or, or, or I don't know, whatever it might be. Or do you, or do you just want to jog him off now and, and, and we'll get someone else in? And he's just said... Let's jog him off now because I don't think he's gonna gonna make it. But it is it's those types of things, and and as well, like we have uh, our most expensive player in Tangi and Dombele sitting there on the bench. Giovanni Lo Celso as well. I think maybe the second highest that we that we've bought as players. They're not even in the fucking listed in in our squads for friendlies. They've not even stepped onto the plane. Do you know what I mean? That is fucking harsh. Not harsh, that's ruthless. And as to say to... In managers gone past, would Levy had applied some pressure or spoke to the manager to say, look, we've paid a lot for these fucking assets. You need to, as part of you being the manager, you need to get the best out of these because, you know, we, we, we paid a lot. But it's kind of Conte being like, like I'm the manager, and if they don't fit into my plans, then I'll just fu- I'll fuck them off. I do not need their negativity around the first team. I do not need their running at seventy percent when we're doing training. I do not need you know. You can, you all can this just imagine stuff. he's not even like his everything you see from him. You can imagine he doesn't even entertain it. I can imagine like Levy kind of having a little knock on his door, like, hi, Antonio, so uh, we've got to... just wanted to discuss uh, Tangi, see how he's getting on today. Uh, I, I do not want, you know, just, and that's it, yeah. just like throwing his hand up. I, I, do not, I do not want, Daniel. I do not want. <laughs> well, it just... Uh, I, I, I do not want, Daniel. Okay. okay. Do you know what I mean? Just like backing out the room again, right? It's just, do you know what I mean? No, they would just, I can imagine he just doesn't entertain it uh, at all. Fucking hell, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to bring uh, the trunk back. Get some more animations going. Do some more like, problematic old animations. <laughs> yeah, I? Do you reckon they go down well in 2022, mate? Oh, mate. Oh, God, yeah, that'd be well funny, actually. I wonder what. I wonder how they'd be received. Where are they? Not very are they... well. I, uh, I've just, I've, I, I delisted them nowadays because I just, humour doesn't age very well. You know, I've been on a journey. <laughs> I've grown enough. But yeah, I mean, 
it's not even just because they are sort of probably quite problematic. They're just they're just not that funny anymore. They're just not that relevant, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I beg to differ, but it's um, it's up to you, mate. You know, it's a bit, you know. It, things held up in a certain context now all it takes is a snip of something getting put out on Twitter ooh look how cringy this is look at this you know me doing you know I was doing like fucking Ada by all voices and stuff you know like you can't be doing that man like was you I can't, I can't yeah, even remember you know you can't it's 2022 now you know you can't you can't be doing that right. yeah this is a day when like Little Britain was like on TV and stuff you know like it's uh <laughs> pretty mad in it um i wanted to talk about as well from from glasgow you know we were talking about the players at the peak of their powers and everything like that um yeah harry harold kane yeah i mean he scored a pretty special goal didn't he mate and i it's pretty unbelievable i mean are you are you excited about him this season because i i honestly he looks to me the fittest he's ever been i'm and you you know he gets these targets in his head. You know he likes beating records and stuff. I think he's going to want the most Premier League goals in the season. So I, I'm I'm honestly I'm backing him to get 32 goals this year. Really? Yeah, yeah, 32 Premier League goals. I think he'll do it. What? So, so sorry. Um, what what is the record for the most amount of Premier League goals? I believe it's 31. Is it? Yeah. Shit, man. Got most Premier League goals in a season. Yeah, 31 I, I, goals. Alan Shearer and Cristiano Ronaldo share it. Uh, well, I remember Kevin Phillips scoring 37. Maybe that was Liga. I, I don't know. Yeah, he, 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 got, a, he got 30 Premier League goals, Kevin Phillips. Oh, fucking hell. That's fucking outrageous as well. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Phillips. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. No, no. Okay, so I'm looking at an old... Uh... So, right. Uh, okay, I see. Right, so... Alan Shearer and Andy Cole have both got 34 goals in the season, but that's when there was 40 Premier League games. Uh, uh, okay, right. But in 2017-18, Mo Salah got 32 Premier League goals. Okay. So So yeah. what, would, what, what would we say that he would need to break? I would say 33. I think he needs to break Salah's. I think he needs to get 33 goals. But what about the uh, the Winge Brigade that would be like, oh, he, you know, he didn't beat Alan Shearer's record of like 34, whatever it was. It's going to happen, isn't it? Well, should, should, we, should we back in for 35 then? 35, yeah. But yeah, I mean, d- being real, like, being like brute, like being actually honest, he's the one player I would say we've ever had where I've sort of thought, it's not that unbelievable that he could do it, is it? You know? No, we should we should um, start a campaign every time he scores. Hashtag HK thirty five for every goal he scores, and then he'll get he'll get wind of this this conversation. Why is everyone tweeting HK thirty five? Ask because they want you to break the record, and then then he really will fucking be like, right, that's it. That's, that well, mate, is that's it. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Harry Kane on his way to thirty five goals. Yeah, Hashtag mate. H, 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 HK35, you saying, yeah? HK35. All right. We're doing that. Well, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that, mate. Yeah, definitely. Every time he scores, HK35. Let's fucking go. Get all those fighting cock and uh, extra inch boys in there. They've got a bigger footprint than than, uh, than this. So, yeah. <laughs> his. Him. I just want to say that his goal, um, I was at at an angle, you know, where you're up a little bit high and you can see 
I could see him shaping his body. I could see him, and I was just like, where the defender was, the defender had him, had him covered, totally had him covered. You knew he was going to go onto onto his right foot. Defender had him covered. Slight shift, bang, fucking venom straight into the net. I was like, this geezer is fucking insane, man. He's and I've seen that goal. God knows how many times. I've seen tappings, God knows how many times. I've seen headers. I've seen ones out the box. I've seen fucking lobs against Juventus in pre-seasons. You name it. The geezer, he just fucking... If that ball is on anywhere on the pitch, he'll get it in that net. He don't give a fuck. Best you've ever seen at Tottenham in the shirt, Rick. Yeah, yeah, totally. To me, totally. to, to I me used, now it's without a shadow of a doubt, right? I used to be a bit um not not team Bale, but um it was Bale's explosive sprinting and and where maybe at that time Tottenham I mean we weren't completely shit, but there was that kind of like you know when there's the best team the, the best player on your team, you're just like give it him, give it him, and then Bale would shift it onto his left foot and fucking whack it from thirty yeah. yards and it'd go in. Um, and he'd be scoring rockets every single uh, every single game, and you know the game against Inter Milan, like Mike on, and just the way he would put, push the ball down the wing and just fucking peg it after it, and he would always beat the player, always swing it in or score. So it was that electrifying kind of pace and entertainment that he brought, which I. Um, which clouded my judgment against Kane in the early days of comparing them because um, it was a bit more exciting. But, do, but... Do, do you know what, though? I was thinking about this. I also feel that like Bale benefited from the fact that he was really, of the kind of the new modern Tottenham, he was the first superstar to come along. And we hadn't... You'd seen Berbatov and Kane be very, very good, but Bale was the first like one-man army, right? The, the yeah. real superstar. We hadn't seen that before. We'd had a hint of that with Ginola maybe before. Teddy Sheringham kind of. But do you know what I mean? Like, And it it felt like past is new. But when you think about like, think about Kane against Chelsea, that was almost his like mic on moment. Yeah, in the 5-2, five, 5-3 five, yes. New yeah, Year's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of Harry Kane's taxi for mic on game when he went from being like, oh, he's a good young player. He's had a few good games to suddenly like, Oh fucking hell! This geezer's actually serious. Like he's a serious talent, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it doesn't stand out as much when it maybe should. If you get what I'm saying, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I to- I totally get that. Um, I think as well. Like, uh, I-, I personally don't think he from like the Premier League or even just a- any fans. Really, I'm just gonna tar everyone with the same brush. I don't give a fuck. Um, but because his name is Harry Kane, like he's English. So it doesn't have that, the fanciful name that where I don't think he gets the, the kind of uh, the kudos that, that he should. And also it's very easy to be like, yeah, I, the thing that fucks me off as well is like, yeah, but how many trophies you won? How many trophies you won? Oh yeah, but like, blah, blah. like they're not, they're, they're like mutually exclusive, exclusive, like, Kane is a single player and you can judge a player just being how good they are and and the returns they're getting in whatever position they play but also like Tottenham haven't haven't won a trophy it's like Harry Kane is part of that but 
It's like you're measuring Harry Kane um, and his his failures on our whole club, which is just fucking stupid. I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it because everyone's just looking for a, a cheap, easy dig at us, aren't they? And against him, um, saying, no, oh, he hasn't won a trophy. But, like, you know, if it was individual trophies and, like, the golden boots and World Cups and Premier Leagues and however many fucking records he's breaking and with England and all that lot, then he's, you know, he's out there on his own. But if it's, yeah, you're measuring a person's ability on a on a club's trophy hall, then, yeah, he's going to fall over, which is fucking stupid anyway. But, yeah, I think uh, he is the greatest ever, the greatest I, w- I will see. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anyone that comes along that's going to, that's going to come close, unfortunately. But it's it's mad, isn't it, man? Because like the thing about him is that like you sort of forget already. Like before he came along, like the the pain of like rooting for like Soldado, hoping that you know, today he might score a goal. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. Ad- like which Adebayor is going to show up today? Is it the worldy Adebayor? Is it the Adebayor? Don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Or, 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 come on, Vinny. Come on, Janssen. You can do it, boy. Yeah. You can do it. But just now, it. like, it, it's it's so, like, you've just got this, a level of, like, I don't know, arrogance, I guess, now that you've got Kane, where you're just like, we've got Harry Kane. So, we get, you know, we're dangerous and there's always a chance we're going to score a goal. You know, yeah. it's never, where are the goals going to come from? You know, <laughs> like, you've got <laughs> Harry Kane up there. You've got Son beside him. You got Kulusevski now, who, you know, like I say, we've only had half a season of, and the boy looks, the boy looks magic already. How, old, how old is he? Is he twenty one? Yeah, he's the same age as Phil Foden. I think he's four months older or younger. Either way, I he's, can't remember. He's unbelievable. Like the get and against the Rangers, the first half, he felt a bit. Um, it felt like he was not unsure of himself, but with the confidence. Uh, this kind of play comes with confidence. I think he took, he was taking too many touches where normally if he was in like the full flight of Premier League season, he would have taken one touch and he would have just banged it straight in the net. Um, but still he was like that, that kind of, um, that pattern of play that we use so well where Kane's up top, he drops deep, the the wing, the, the lads on the wing, either Son or Kulisevsky are on their bike, Kane swivels, puts the ball in through to them and they're fucking on their bike already gone. You saw that loads of, loads of times against Rangers and against like uh, a lot of the Premier League teams last season. But it's just going to be like, now you've got Kulu there and some the other side. You're like, fucking hell, man. And this if, is if either be... of them get tired, you've got fucking Richarlison that can come in as well. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And then, um, you know, and obviously I still think Mora has a, has a, a has um a place within the squad and, and he can play his part as well. So I wouldn't discount him. One thing that I am a bit, um, like I've just said about maybe something I would like to see different is where people do figure, figure us out and they know Kane is going to drop deep and they is going to swivel and he is going to look for those balls behind that. If Kane stayed up where he was and one of the lads, in centre midfield, if we had an Ericsson or someone to step in, instead of Kane dropping deep, pivoting and putting the ball in, that someone's already sitting there, ready to pull the strings, something a bit different. I think that is what we could be missing 
as we go into the season because yeah j- just for that i'd like to see kane a bit more further up to get those goals to because he's a, he's just a, a fucking ruthless finisher as well um and it'd be nice for someone to be to put be pulling the strings i know we've got tangy and he should be doing that but he's not so i think we should find someone else that can do that um do you like jmads I think from what I've seen of his personality on Twitter, you know, he, he was a young boy probably when he wrote it against Bale and about I think he Tottenham was literally about 13 or something, somebody said. <laughs> I really, uh, okay, yeah. if he's 13, then that, uh, you know, I, I, I can change my tune over that. I thought it was a bit, I thought it was like uh, late teens or something like that. But um, he, he was scoring some bangers last season and he links up he links up play very well for Leicester and I think he could do a job for us. Now I don't know whether he is the right type of attacking midfielder I'm looking for. Um I don't know if he is that person that sits slightly deeper and he's pulling the strings and putting the balls through. I I, I haven't seen enough of him. I know that in that final third, he's, he links up play very well for Leicester. And I know he's scored some absolute fucking perlers. And I think he takes three kicks for Leicester, maybe, when he's on. And he scored some belters as well. So that all comes into play. But, um, he's yeah. He's a I bit pro- meh, isn't he? I always, that's what I sort of think about him. Like, Pete, there's a lot of hype about him. But I'm just, I've never, never been that one over by him, you know? No? No. I don't know, but... You know, this is this is the thing. If he's if he comes in the door, it's what the club thinks we need. It's what the manager wants. It's what you know. He he got a good relationship with the other players. If he can add a bit of flair to the team, I ain't gonna give a shit. I'm not gonna sit there and fucking stamp my feet and moan about it. At the end of the day, like I really feel like we're on the cusp of something really special here. You know, and look, if he's standing there in a Tottenham shirt, that's all that really fucking matters, isn't it? If he's performing for Spurs, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, true. He gives true a shit. That. It's not about me and about my sort of preconceptions based on a player that I've, you know, not watched week in, week out all the time. But We're being linked with that uh, Zaniolo. Is that how you say, say his name? Nicolo Zaniolo. Zaniolo, is that how you say it? From, from Roma? Uh, I think so, yeah. He's, a, he's attacking midfielder and I think there's a couple of people that have been saying that he could be converted into a more of a striker as well he's, I he's very, very i think he's had two he's basically he's had his acl go in each of his knees already twice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's you know but who knows you know that's a good mean? point i hadn't thought about that i didn't know about that but i hadn't thought about it i was just um taken with his name foreign name in it it got to be good <laughs> <laughs> carlos can kick a ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> Who, uh, who, who? I mean, there's a lot of talk saying that Tanganga might go to AC. You're going to be sad to see the lad go. Because you know what? I like, I, I, there's still something I quite like about Jaffet, you know? Like, I mean, there's no term, there, there's no thing about his, his effort, uh, his trustworthiness of whether, you know, uh, when Mourinho brought him in, he played him at right back, didn't he, against City, I think, had a fucking fantastic game. Um, and I do, and I do like the lad. But equally, um, I mean, I don't really say this about a lot of players, but because I think he is like proper Tottenham, that I'd like to see him um, 
playing football regularly or at least getting a chance somewhere to to prove himself. And AC Milan ain't a fucking bad place to go out on loan. Do you know no. what I mean? Um, we're bit, we're, you know, I think uh, does Latan sign an extension for AC Milan as well? Um, playing at San Siro, the other players that they've got, it's a different league as well. Tamori's gone out there and yeah, killed Tamori, it. Yeah, you know? Tamori, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, exactly. So I think... Um, I think it'd be really good for 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 both Tottenham and and himself, but um, yeah, like you said, I, I do I do um, I don't normally have um, kind of hold a place in my heart for for kind of the the youth team players. I'm normally that I'm normally that twat. It's just that I don't care. Not first team. Fucking get rid. Um, but but I do feel like he is a bit Tottenham. So. I'd be I'd be sad to see him go, but it's for the best of everyone, really. Do you like him calling Wolf Zaha a pussy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <When> he pushed, <laughs> him, <laughs> pushed him over, got a red card for it. Like, it's worth it though, isn't it? Like, yeah, totally. Little moments like that, little moments like that. Winksy as well is another that you just uh, you know. There's a lot. Of, the funny thing is, there's a lot of animosity towards him. Like, I definitely want him gone, but. Come on, don't need to hate the lad. You know, he's he's lived the dream of a lot of Tottenham fans, and he is a proper Tottenham lad. You know, like yeah, I don't get, I yeah, uh, exactly the same, mate. Exactly the same. Um, I think he's been unlucky. He was a very good player, man. He just got really injured at really bad times. You know. Yeah, and I think people don't really um. People believe what they want to believe, and they you know they follow their own agenda and stuff like oh he just does this and. He ne- he's never played a ball forward, but if you actually look at his stats and him playing the ball forward, it, like you'd be surprised. I forget and, you, you. You like stats nowadays, don't you, right? No, I don't like stats. I just like follow. I, I just listen to the extra inch and then just uh, say verbatim stats on other people's <laughs> pods, and people think that I know what I'm talking about. Where really. I've just got a kind of a line to to Windy and Nathan, and they tell me what what's what. Is it one of those things that, like, you know, you can say at like a dinner party? Something. Well, did you did you know actually? I mean, you can you can dig out like Lucas Moura's end product, but he's actually got one of the highest average expected assists <laughs> in the league. Oh, what's an expected assist? Uh, oh, well, well, you know, it's. Oh, I need a wee. I'll be back yeah. in five minutes. Can you pass I'll me the ciabatta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Just, just give, give, give Winksy a break. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of how I. Feel yeah, like exactly. Really and like. I hate it when people tag like other people in Twitter, like players, like, "Oh, yeah, fucking Winks had a that. shit game today." It's like yeah. fucking now, mate. Like. Really? Do you need to do that? Like you can you can have an adult discussion about that they didn't perform to their best, but you don't need to tag them in. I'm sure fucking Conte would have explained to him what he didn't do right today. It, it is funny, man, because I I do like I, obviously I don't I don't like that stuff. I don't condone it, but I do reckon that like the just the the, the way in which these guys view that stuff must be different to us, the people on the street. Like, it, obviously, you know, people saying horrible stuff about you hurts in any way, but they're so much more used to it, I reckon, than average people on the street that I think you must look at it in a slightly different way, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because you just you, you're, you know, they've been professional, they've been in football since they were children, all of them now. Any Premier League player, basically, has been 
has never really lived a normal life. Do you know what I mean? Like they've mm. all kind of just been in academies and playing football basically from very, very early ages. And I'd imagine they are, they get a lot of, I mean, this feels like I'm condoning people sending them abuse on the internet, but <laughs> I'm just saying, I imagine they have a lot of like help and they're fully prepared for this type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it's still nasty, so don't do it. Don't send nasty things to footballers because <laughs> um, it is pretty buzz. Especially, especially yeah, at the moment, especially, especially the women's players. Like, well, get fucking, if you don't, they've just won, like, one of the most incredible semi-finals like I've ever seen an England team kind of, you know, Sweden are like the second best team in the world. And they've just done them 4-0. And you've still got, well, you know, the keepers are, just shut up. Like, just, why is it? Why does it rattle people so much? I don't get it. No. Like, I, I understand it, people. The thing is, I, I get it, you know, before people are all like, oh, stop kind of doing all the virtue signaling stuff. I'm not, yeah, if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. I don't, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that kind of idea that people should be shamed if they're just not particularly interested in it or whatever. Fine. Fair enough. You crack on. But it's this like need to like be like, to just piss on it constantly to say like, oh, I'd like to see them play like against a men's team. Why though? Well, you, you don't do it in any other sport, do you? you don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why, why does no, it rattle you so much? Just people are enjoying it. The players are obviously fucking good. I mean, like when I was, at, I don't know what it's like for Europe. When I was at secondary school, like, I'm 37. When I was in secondary school, girls literally couldn't play football in PE. Like they no. literally weren't even allowed to. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, that's same, same with me, man. So me, my my uh, both my girls have the opportunity to play football in uh, in PE and uh, after school clubs, and there is a uh, women's football team where where I live as well. So it's um it's on the up, as they say. But you, as a proper old fashioned dad, right? You're like, nah, not for you. That you're you're going <laughs> you're going to after school cookery club. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, n- knocked the football boots off the desk, stuck a My Little Pony down. <laughs> And a baby doll and said, you're fucking playing with that. A toy hoover. <laughs> Get used to this. <laughs> I'm not, not having any of that business around here. I'm a, it's an old-fashioned house, right? <laughs> what, what goes on outside there, you know? This yeah. modern world, pronouns and all that. Yeah. Not in here. Not under my roof. I bring the money home. I say what goes. Stalking around the house in your wife fronts and a big, like, <laughs> and a vest. Do you know what I mean? That is t- yeah, totally mirror image of my household. Farting like they draw, they draw you a a picture like Dad, I drew this for you today. What do you want for that a medal? It's not very good, is it? <laughs> Look at it. You haven't even coloured in the lines. Oh, <laughs> oh God, they're just think there are there are dads out there like that. Isn't there? I know it's quite. Sad. I probably shouldn't make fun of it, should I? Really, because no. it's like. So I'm sorry if you you have had a dad like that. Let's hope there aren't too many people that have no, no we're, we're, we're laughing at, at me being the, the caricature yeah, Ricky yeah, yeah. being like that yeah no you need know. to apologise it's fine no um <laughs> fuck <laughs> sake we haven't even spoken about the Roma game coming up um you're having such a good time talking I about know, Tottenham I know it's, it's just it, it just got away with me um <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one mate like Jose Jose Mourinho's revenge. Are you? Uh, are you? I mean, I know it's only a preseason friendly and stuff, but 
Are you sort of nervous at all, in a way, if you get what I mean? Maybe nervous isn't the word, but... No, I'm not, I'm not nervous because it's, it is pre-season. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Don't um, Jose and Conte hate each other, or is that just a Yeah, he, a, he, they a do. He, what it? he called him... He called him... He said something like... He's a dementis senile. Like we say in Italy, and like the translator didn't want to translate it, but he's basically saying that Jose Mourinho has gone senile because he's just old fashioned. I think Jose Mourinho said something about um, Conte being a clown on the sidelines, acting like a acting like a clown. Um, really, shit. Yeah. And there's. Um... Conte said some other thing. I can't remember what it was, but um, he said something else about Jose. So there is there is some spice to that game of two managers. Um, that and and I, again, this is me just wanting to paint my own picture. But there's part of me that when Conte took the Tottenham job, that was like, Jose took this job. He couldn't fucking get anything over the line. This is how you manage a football team. Yeah. And wants that to go in there to be like, you can fucking do it. I'm the fucking daddy in here, and he wins us a trophy. That like that's part of that ego thing for Conte. Not only is he won us a trophy, but like you know, you're the the guy that's won the most trophies. Jose couldn't even do it because that was the thing. When if Jose can't do it, then fucking no one can. And Conte comes in, opens his shirt with a super Conte written under there, and <laughs> does it. That'd be fucking amazing. That's that's um, this own narrative that I've created in my head, which keeps me going. But um, as well, like uh, the, I was just saying last night, I don't know how the fuck I got onto it. I was just scrolling through Twitter and the Roma account were doing a like a, a live stream on Twitter of the Dybala unva- uh, unveiling. That it was fucking mental. I don't think I've ever seen a player unveiling like that. They were outside this building. I don't know what building it was, um, but it was it was like loads. It, it was like I think it was like twenty arches that just that were just it was like this tower block with twenty arches. It, it just looked fucking immense, anyway. Um, and they had some kind of uh, something projected onto it, and uh, like obviously the loud music, but the fans were just. They, they were just so loud and there was thousands of them man absolute thousands and then out bowls Dybala and they're all singing his name and stuff like that it was it was a pretty pretty momentous moment and I can't believe more people aren't talking about it and for, for Roma I mean like no disrespect to Roma I mean that they are you know that they're a they're a decent club uh well supported but like, I think they finished seventh last season, seventh or eighth. I don't even know where they finished last season. They, they were nowhere in the, in the Serie A anyway. But um, they're a bit for, of a Spurs, aren't they? Like, yeah, a bit for, of a Spurs. for um for Dybala, he was at Juventus, and there was you know talks of Tottenham, talks of Barca, talks of this. Um, and I, I know he's going on a free. He was a free agent, and I heard that um he was priced out of a well he priced himself yeah out of a move to Tottenham because he was a free agent but he's you know he wanted 400 grand a week which is just 
we we couldn't we couldn't do that deal basically when we've got someone like Kane there on two two hundred or what or whatever. Um, so we didn't want to do the deal. But um, how have Roma done it? How have Roma managed to convince him to sign for a seventh place team for a manager that you know everyone is saying is a dinosaur, archaic, whatever, and. Roma don't have that money, man. Not that I fucking know of. But like, so then he must have taken a pay cut and he must have thought, you know, to lower his expectations. He's coming from uh, Juve, you know, it's to write. I, I guess I the just, thing I is, I don't get it. I don't get it. I understand it to the degree of like, you know, if it, free transfer, right? If they maybe, if they're looking at it as in like, he's a marquee signing, his salary over whatever, two years, I think he's got contract will make him, Say it's like making a fifty million pound signing or whatever. Yeah, he has got that profile, and I think from his side of things, he's gonna be the main. Like you, you saw it. You saw the whole city come out there. He's gonna be the main man. It's not even like coming to Tottenham, where where does he fit alongside Kane? Where does he fit alongside Son? That type of thing. Dybala walks into Roma, and the city is his. Right, like yeah. he is. He's finally because even at, even at Juventus, like he's always kind of. He's had to play alongside Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. He's had sort of always been part of a sort of system, but you know, maybe they've got that heritage there, Batistuta being like the big Argentinian there that kind of changed their fortunes. Got Totti. Like they're always kind of I do think there's quite a lot of sort of similarities between Tottenham and Roma. At least Tottenham of old, like always having like a good like like Spurs, you know. Even when we've been shit, we've always, 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 always had a player that's way too good for us. Whether yeah, it's Sheringham, yeah, yeah. whether it's Berbatov, Ginola, whoever. Do you know what I mean? Like we, Tottenham have always just had a player. And I sort of feel like Roma are that type of club. And I'm sure, you know, people will be saying, oh, they've got Zanolo and sort of various other players and stuff. But, you know, in terms of profile and that sort of thing, I think Dybala is up there. And I I, I still would have loved him. I've, I sort of thought there was a bit yeah. of a Van der Vaart type thing about him. Yeah. He could have come in. And yeah, I know he wouldn't have played a lot of games, but still... Have him in the you know, slap him into a Champions League quarter final. Do you know what I mean? When we're away yeah. at we're away at AC Milan, it's nil nil. We've got to get an away goal. Get Dybala off the bench. You know he'll he'll do the business in this. Do you know what I mean? That oh, type of yeah yeah yeah. That would have been that's the marquee signing. I think I'm expecting. Yeah. It won't happen. Uh, or maybe Richarlison is that, and I'm just a bit um, not particularly. Um, blown away by it do you know what i mean yeah I, I do know what you mean i mean do you think it's just a culture thing is there any like if tottenham even signed let's imagine right we signed somehow the end of the summer killing mbappe right and we did like an unveiling outside the stadium do you reckon many people show up like because i mean like i don't know if you saw manchester manchester city unveiled erling Haaland. they tried to do the continental public reveal of a player and it looked like the opening of a shopping center mate it was like 10 15 kind of mancunians <laughs> outside this kind of purpose-built shitty looking little stage outside the ground it was all just a bit cringy it was all a bit embarrassing especially compared to like what we've seen coming out of barcelona real madrid yeah this Roma, like especially you know all the ones you see in turkey and stuff like that when they sign a big player out there yeah people flood to the streets do you think it's just a British thing, or do you, like I say, imagine the new starts coming through, all the ITKs and stuff. Quite, 
quite miraculously, we're not sure how this has happened, but Tottenham being linked with a late move for Kylian Mbappe. I mean, and obviously all the banter accounts will be like, yeah, yeah, funny, funny. But the news slowly develops and then, wallop, that's it. Spurs drop 200 mil on Mbappe and unveil him outside the ground. Is anyone showing up for that? If we put on a public unveiling, would you go to it? Nah. Do you know I what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a British thing, is it, to go I, to I wouldn't a, want. I wouldn't want to. I'd be buzzing, but I, I've not a chance of my going near that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... Uh, this world fun. Yeah, player unveiling, no. Uh, trophy parade, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but... I, I wouldn't do it for a League Cup, would you? I'd find that a bit small time if we did a bus for a League Cup. Yeah, I would now. I w- yeah, I would now. Yeah, you're right. I, I yeah, it's FA be... Cup. I would, FA Cup, I'd be there. FA like, Cup, yeah. Premier League, European Cup. Um, do, but... do you want to know something heartbreaking on that, mate? Just quickly on that. Yeah, one. go go for it. I've got a uh, a mate who used to work. I won't say his name because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to yet or not. He doesn't work there anymore. But I've got a mate who used to work for the club, and uh, he saw with his own eyes in the uh, underneath the stadium in the parking lot the bus wrapped up in Tottenham Hotspur 2019 European Champions. It existed. Oh, God. Yeah, all customised, all wrapped up, all like that. And yeah, it, it existed. It, it it was there. God, that made me, that, that makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, genuinely, fucking hell, that is a, that is a gut puncher, that is. In it. Wow, I wonder. I wonder if we'll ever get there again. I know, like, obviously, in our entire fucking history, we've never got there. Um, but stranger things have happened, mate. Stranger things have happened, and especially with the manager that we've got, the stadium we've got, the training facilities we've got, the players that we've got. You know, it's um, it's a different Tottenham. It's a different Tottenham. It is, mate, and uh, you know. Oh, I just, I'd love it. It's to me, it's everything. It's the pinnacle of football. Other yeah, than, totally. Other than maybe 100%. the World Cup, the Champions League. I know Liverpool are bored of it because they've won it so many times, but they should not take it for granted, man. Because that, to me, that competition is, as Pochettino called it, the magic competition. You know, like it's there's something in it. I'm so excited that we're back in it again. You know, yeah. like I, I love the fact that the thing is the initial reaction to it is like mugging off Arsenal about it, getting to sing Oh What a Night and all that. But like, yeah. <laughs> it was honestly, you know, he was similar age to me. Like growing up, you could only dream of seeing Tottenham in the Champions League. Do you exactly. Know what I mean? Back yeah. then, we saw it was United and Arsenal, Chelsea. You know, and I was thinking, fucking is us playing with like Stefan Everson up front. Fuck, are we ever getting into that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Stefan Freund and Tim Sherwood in midfield. <laughs> and we're gonna what we're gonna go and play against Rivaldo and Ronaldo and all those. Like not a chance. But we're it up was, there now, you know, we're punching at that level. Yeah, it was it was always like um I don't know, I just to see Tottenham uh, qualify for the chat. It was it was a dream to watch us play in the European Cup. It it would never happen. It would never ever happen. And uh, once we qualified and we were actually playing in the European Cup, I was like, this is fucking mental. Tottenham Hotspur are in the European Cup. And then fast forward a few years, we 
were in the final of the European Cup. It's like, I don't think I'd ever would have imagined that. Like, I just wanted us to, to qualify for the competition and play a game in it. <laughs> oh, fuck you, we got to the final and nearly won it, man. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I always say, I say to my missus and my dad as well, if Tottenham ever did... Um, if we'd won the European Cup, I would have binned off my season ticket, binned off going, that's it, complete football. You have, that's you know, it. you'd love it. You'd love seeing it on in the background and you cheer, but, you know, I wouldn't feel that same panic. Do you know what I mean? If it wasn't going right in a season. Yeah. Well, you, know, you know, when you can feel like, you can feel it like slipping through your fingers a season when you're like, we ain't doing anything this year. And then we got to wait, what, fucking another year before we're involved in it you know when you're out the fa cup you're out the league cup you're out of europe and you're not you know you're sort of punching to like maybe come sixth like that last like the last jose Mourinho year you know i suppose we had the league cup final but still we weren't going to make the champions league we were fucking going to slip into that europa conference and you just sat there like it's it's so the thought of being happy at football again is so far away now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and you just get that kind of panic and that dread come over you of just like, this is so annoying. Like, my whole summer is going to be shit. It just is. And like, <laughs> but if you actually won one of the big ones, even in those moments, you'd be like, oh well. Yeah. I've, I've literally seen, I've literally seen Hugo Lloris pick up old big ears. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. It would be, yeah. You'd be untouchable, really. You would, that's it. It completed it. That's exactly what it'd be. We're fucking doing it this year, Rick. Well, probably not Champions League under Conte. <laughs> Premier League. That's where we're going for this year. We'll, we'll, that's it. We got. You know how they say you got to win stuff first yeah. before you win other things. We'll do the Premier League first, and then we'll go for the we'll go for the Champions League when Poch comes back after Conte's walked. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Let's have it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.